and welcome to another episode of the Will This Be On The Test podcast, the podcast with the answers to your questions for college and career success. We are your hosts. I am Coach Betsy Olinger. And I am Dr. Elizabeth Manet. In this episode, we're following up on our two-part series about networking. This episode covers two tools that you can use right now for more effective networking. We're going to start with the elevator pitch and then make our way into the informational interview. So first we're discussing the elevator pitch and how that can be an exceptional tool for quickly showcasing your skill set and then asking for the opportunity. When you're going out in the world, either as a college major or you're already a professional out in the real world, you need to know what you bring to the table and what you can offer someone. As we go into the holiday season with parties and all kinds of opportunities to get together, because mm-hmm. you'll have this, to take your job game up a notch by getting in on the elevator pitch. No, the thought of that, <laughs> just the thought of, of like doing the holiday circuit and trying to give that little spiel over and over about like, no, oh, so what are no. you doing in your life right now? No, but you know what's worse? What? When it's not your holiday circuit party and you're dragged to a spouse's party or something. Oh, and then they want to know everything like, oh, so tell me a little bit about what you do. And it's like, oh, you're never going to see me again. I don't want to tell you about but, what I but do. it's an opportunity. It's it an is opportunity. an opportunity. So how do we make this <laughs> elevator pitch work? And furthermore, how can you find opportunities to practice in the upcoming holiday season? So the elevator pitch is called the elevator pitch for this reason. Imagine you press the button of the elevator and it opens and you get in and in comes the CEO of the organization that you've always wanted to work for. And the CEO presses the top floor and you have 30 seconds to get that pitch out before they get off the elevator. You need to have a very tight, concise definition of who you are and what you can contribute. So an elevator pitch is comprised of four different parts. And the first one is what you do well. What do you do well? And you want to make sure that you're not jargon heavy, but you do need to identify and articulate what you can deliver to a potential employer. So if you're not sure where to start on this, what you do well, think about your accomplishments or certifications or areas of expertise and be able to describe those potential contributions to the employer. Um, And if you're not yet a graduate, if you're still in college, use your major or your other interests. What clubs are you interested in? What are your favorite subjects? All of these pieces can be used as inspiration for this first part of what do you do well? But I want you to build on, we talked about what your accomplishments are, but what are your strengths? Communicating your clear understanding of what you can do will help others believe in our strengths and can help employers identify how we could actually fit into either their company, their department, their field, the industry. So talk about your defining attributes. It's, I have a great passion for mobilizing teams. Is more direct than, I've got great people skills. So you wanna emphasize your leadership skills or your soft skills, but how you can contribute to an organization. Are you really good at giving direction to people? Are you a fabulous communicator, either orally or in writing? Are you a social media connoisseur? What is it that you actually bring to the table? Excellent. The third part is what is your ask? And this is very important because you need to make sure that you have that ask 
Don't be afraid to communicate how you can fill that need or gap for the organization. What do you want out of this? And did you know that you could ask about things like a job opportunity, even if they are not hiring right now, the desire to learn a new skill set, and then for the chance to pick somebody's brain about that field. And we're going to talk more about that with regard to the informational interview. Fabulous. Um, so you need to know what your purpose is. That's the ask. But you need to know intrinsically why you're doing this. Motivation is the key to understanding your why. It inspires you to take action. The why is, and this, the motivation is key to understanding the why, and the why inspires us to take action. So for example, if you are developing your uh, elevator pitch, you might say something like, hi, my name is Liz. I am a specialist in organizational and interpersonal communication. I notice in your organization, you're having some team dynamic issues. I'd really love the opportunity to come in and work with your team to figure out where that dysfunction is coming from. Um, I really enjoy enjoy being able to help teams find those skills and implement them for better use. Excellent. And in in that moment, yeah, so that's a, that's a very, that's an example of a very concise uh, elevator pitch. And the why in there is important because you want to communicate that there's a reason for why you're asking. What is thrilling about the opportunity for you? Why would you enjoy contributing to this work? Who could potentially benefit from your effort? And that is how you build a well-rounded elevator pitch that doesn't just sort of trail off after you True. have described but your, your I ask. I want to add the why part too, though. We need, at the end of the elevator pitch, you need to know what is it, why is it in that person's interest to hear what you can do for them? So Absolutely. I think it's not just why are you doing this, but why does this person care? So Absolutely. what? You don't want the resulting end of the elevator pitch to go, oh, my God, I hope I never see this person again. I better sure. look who is in the elevator before I get in next time. Yeah. And so. the why also, yeah, the why also helps answer, like, what's in it for them? So it's True. nice. And if right? you've got nothing, if you're just, I hope to gain experience. I hope you pay me well. I have a lot of bills. Hello. That's unattractive. It's so right. unattractive. <laughs> well, so so the takeaway here is remember that you are the best advocate for your networking opportunities and you really can truly leave a lasting impression in 30 seconds. Talking about yourself can definitely be tough and uncomfortable at first, but when the opportunity arises, you will be ready. So as Betsy has said at the beginning of this episode, if you have family parties or holiday parties that you're going to in the next couple of weeks, that would be a very great opportunity for you to practice your elevator pitches so fantastic that leads us into informational interviews my favorite networking tool so tell us about what is an an informational interview okay an informational interview or info interview is a one-time meeting with someone who has knowledge contacts or information that you need the goal is information and a relationship Hence the networking. It it well, that's the whole network. This is like how to networking as opposed to collecting pens. So an informational interview is not a job interview. Because a job interview means there's a specific job available. An informational interview is something that you put together to find out more information. However, the cool thing is informational interviews can often lead to a position. I recommend that my clients, even the clients in their dream jobs at all levels, conduct informational interviews at least four times a year. Hmm. I think it's really important. People always say, hey, I want to network more. 
in any given year and they're not sure how maybe they want to give back maybe they want to be a mentor maybe they want to have a mentor but i think this is a perfect way to do it i love this and this is this is an opportunity for you to sit down and and get that knowledge if you're interested in a specific company or a type of industry or it's just a chance to get to know somebody and research has found that people tend to be more candid when they're not in their office setting so invite somebody out for coffee or ask them to get a drink after work figure out a a schedule and then keep to that schedule so uh but talk, talk to us a little bit about before the interview Right, right. You want to plan for it. You want it to be, make sure you have the timing in your, in your head and maybe even set a silent alarm on your phone. Before the information interview, make sure you go on the company website where the person works. And, but also LinkedIn. Find out about the individual that you'll be talking to. Because you don't want to waste their time on silly stuff that's already listed mm-hmm. on the website. Mm-hmm. But you want to plan specific questions. And I would recommend not planning too many questions mm-hmm. have you can have paper or your your laptop or a tablet or whatever in front of you but you want to make sure you make this ideally informational interviews are in person in real life but mm-hmm. i guess you could do it virtually if need be better than not doing it at all sure. um it but i think it's important that you have some targeted questions but this is a discussion and it's not an interrogation so make sure that you want to leave with everyone feeling comfortable about it. For instance, um, I'll give you an example of a time when I had several clients who were very into real estate. This was before the big real estate bust 10 years ago. Many people said, I went out with a real estate agent and I bought a house after meeting with this person for four hours. Do you know how much money the realtor made off of me being with me for four hours? I think I want to be a realtor. And before they left their day job and went into it, I said, why don't you do informational interviews? And several people did. They talked to people who are currently in the real estate market in the cities that they were living in. And they asked some pointed questions. You know, what's the best thing about this job? What's the worst thing about this job? What's the most surprising thing about being a realtor that you never knew? And every single one of them came away with wait a minute, I, there are many people who never buy a house, who just like to go out with people on the weekends, and you can work many nights and many weekends and never get paid. And honestly, the, the real estate market did bust after this, and it's probably better now. However, it's still something, these people made a decision not to go in a certain direction because they had the knowledge. So I hope I've convinced you to set up an informational interview whether you're looking at making a big step or just simply a next step. But let's talk about some possible questions that you can use. The first one is, can you tell me a bit about your career path and what led you to the role that you're in today? Because an informational interview is about them, not you. It's not you talking about you. It's finding out how they've gotten to be where they are. Now, maybe their career path has been paved over or doesn't exist anymore, but it gives you an idea of how they've gotten where they are. The second question is, what were some of the early roles in your field? You may also want to include the follow-up question of what did you learn from those roles that can help you or that helped you get where you are today? Fantastic. Um, This question is appropriate in some fields, not in others. What does a typical work day or week look like for you? It gives you the opportunity to see what some of the, how your time would be spent essentially. 
How might you be working with people? Is it travel all the time? Is it 16 hour days that are expected? It gives an idea of what the person looks like and what the person is working on. Sure. Uh, Question number four could be either what do you enjoy most about the work you do or what are you most excited about right now? And it's it's really a great way for that person to sort of open up about uh, what they find to be enjoyable. And sometimes those answers can be completely unexpected. So uh, the, the opposite of that question, and I think it's really important, is to say, what do you enjoy the least? Or is there something that surprised you about the role when you first started? And I, you can find some really important and not necessarily positive information about a company's culture or the industry or the health of a, a division as a whole by asking this question. If they tell you and shake their head and say, run, run, run away, um, you probably don't want to go for that company. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> um, number seven, what skills do you think are the most important for somebody interested in a job like this? And I think this is a really important question. You want to take careful note of what the person de- set, you know, set, describes as a skill set, especially if these are skills that you do not technically have. Um, this information can help sort of direct what are your next steps to fill in the gaps of your knowledge before applying for similar jobs. Um, I will give a quick story about this in particular, I have done a bunch of informational interviews uh, from students who were thinking about entering into a career in academia. And they always say, okay, professor, how do I get to do this job? And I say to them, in the way that academia is set up, you have to at least get a master's if you want to be able to teach full time. But then furthermore, there is an entire door of, you know, there's an, an entire world of opportunity that you can walk into if you go and get the PhD. And often, you know, I want to be very frank with them that if you want to do the job that I'm doing, you have to commit to maintaining that skill set by going and getting those certifications by way of the degree. And so that can be really a deterrent for some students is like, oh, I definitely don't want to spend that much time in school. But it also helps students realize, hey, you know what, if the goal for me is teaching, I absolutely can go get a master's. And it, it just helps them figure out what are their next steps. Absolutely. And the, uh, I want to add on to that. It's important to think about the future as well. When you're asking what skills do you think are most important now, you can also ask these future. What skills do you see being needed within the next five years? Or how is this industry or company mm-hmm. going to be changing in five Absolutely. years? I think it's important to be future focused because, yes. hello, things are changing rather quickly. Yes, so, very good. Question number eight. And I would not ask eight questions in an informational interview, but choose your best ones. What do you wish you'd known when you were starting out in this career or in this role or at this company? You want to know this. Hmm. Yeah, it gives them some insight. Absolutely. Absolutely. Number nine is, do you have any recommendations for other people I should talk to or resources I should explore? And this is this is a lovely way to sort of snowball your interviews. If you are lucky, they will introduce you to another contact. And look at that. Now you have two contacts that you have effectively networked with. So as you're closing, you want to make sure that you thank them when you're through. And we mean twice. Thank them when you get up to say goodbye, but also write them a follow-up thank you note as well. And Betsy, you mentioned this in a previous episode about the importance of maintaining those ongoing relationships where you follow up 
periodically. And here you go. You've done your informational interview. You've built some rapport. This is a nice platform for you to continue to reach out. So on our next episode, we are taking a different approach and diving into the worst, the worst list. We're coming up with our top five worsts. So we are going to tease one of these worst lists with the top five worst reasons why people choose a college, but we're going to keep our other worst list a surprise until next week. Thanks so much for listening. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, most major platforms where podcasts are hosted. We love hearing from listeners, so please leave us a question or a comment or a topic that you'd like to hear more about during the show. Please make sure that you subscribe, like, rate, review, and share so that you don't miss anything. We have to thank Joseph McDade Music for this awesome soundtrack. Thanks, Joseph. We release new episodes every Monday, so follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram specifically, to see what next week's episode contains. Thanks for listening.